Welcome back to Spooky Mechanics, the only podcast about spooky towns and bone-chilling mounds. I'm your co-host, Roman Butel, and joining me, as always, is Spike Bones. Greetings, gamer, I see you. Ah! Oh, hey, greetings, gamer, I see you. I got scared again, huh? Yeah, it happens sometimes, you know? This is actually our first episode that'll come out in October, so we are really in the spooky season now, friendo. Yeah, there's no going back. It's just like stepping into the Blair Witch Woods. There's no turning nope, back. wrong game. Oh, that's right. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, stepping into the town of Silent Hill. The Silent Hill the, Woods. The, the sweet town of Silent Hill. <laughs> we're talking about Silent Hill 2 today. And we're talking about this because uh, I wanted to make sure to include some, at least one like classic horror game here. And also, uh, I have never played any Silent Hill games. So I thought this could be a good way to kind of remedy Ooh. that blind spot. And joining us to talk about it is our friend James Sunderland. Wait a minute. What? I'm just kidding. It's our friend James. It's not James Sunderland from the game, okay? Don't email me. <laughs> Don't say, how'd you get him out of the TV? It's not him. It's a different James. Since we're talking about that right now, um, can you get can you give me a spooky name also so that we're not relating me to the character of a game who murdered his wife? Okay. Well, spoilers. First off, some of us haven't finished it yet. <laughs> Second off. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's see. James Walsh. Walsh. What's scary? That sounds like Walsh. Called the washing machine. Tear free. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that is, you're right. That is a word. Beware yeah, the washing that's machine. A word. How about like a like a white Walsher? You know, that's sure. Like a white Walker. Like a James a Walshers. Washer. You know, for in like Walking Dead. Walshers. Yeah. 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 Jay I think Washer. we pretty much nailed it. How about Jay Washer? There you go. Jay Washer. Okay. This uh, sure. <laughs> You thought your name was bad, Spikel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized, like while while quote unquote playing it, uh, that I could that like hearing the name, and I know we're gonna be talking about the character, and then you're gonna be referring to me, and then it's gonna be like, wait, were you talking about the character? You're talking about me? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I I I I can't tell. How about we'll call we'll call him video game James, and we'll call you gamer James. Okay, or just gamer James, that's fine. But you gotta, we gotta like stick to it. Okay, you that's gotta really remember. that's fine. You gotta remember this is important. <laughs> okay, gamer James. All right. This is how all so, the big the big things happen in real life all the time. You just spend like twenty minutes figuring things out after you hit record. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after totally we waited for uh, James, uh, sorry, a uh, gamer James to pull a battery out of his smoke detector or whatever was going on totally over there. <laughs> <laughs> so like i said i've never played a silent hill game michael you are a fan of silent hill yes and like in order to uh you know combat the bias up front uh silent hill 2 is one of my favorite games wow hey your bias is showing good Give good luck <laughs> while you can good uh so gamer james are are you a silent hill fan would you call yourself a silent hill fan silent yes hill. Yes, but uh, I have not finished one, including two. Why? Because the game. Okay, so I get too wrapped up. I'm a very easily distracted person, and for me, the games have so much involved in them that I want to. I, I can't put the amount of time that I want in them, and I usually end up getting an ending that I hate. So it's kind of like I was able to get to the point in the first one where a character dies, where like it changes the entire like ending of the game. Like basically you can have a good ending or a normal ending if this character survives. But I screwed up something because I forgot to get some medicine in a cabinet somewhere that you don't know about unless you like watch a walkthrough or just like randomly open every single cabinet in the entire hospital, which yet again, I don't have the, pati I don't have the patience for. So sure. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to miss those things. And then I'm going to get like soft lock throughout the game and I'm not going to want to go back to it. So I'll just go watch it online or something. But it, like it's sort of clarify. You are a fan. 
I'm a huge fan of the series. Like I fucking love every single game, but I've never really played them. I've, I've like I tried the Wii one, which is like Shattered Memories or something. Uh, but yet again, like just started getting through it, and I'm like, I love the story, but this game is kind of boring. Um, I don't like the mechanics. I and I honestly, I, when I, I started playing too, and that was kind of my first impression. And then I just went online and watched someone play it. And watching them smoothly go through the game makes me wish I knew where every monster was and, like, all this other stuff was. But at the same time, like, it's just so much fun to watch it. Sure. (laughs) And it's, like, such a good movie. Right. So, uh, Michael, did you play these games, like, uh, I guess when we were growing up, like, when they were considered new? Yes. I I jumped on the Silent Hill... um, back in on a PlayStation two, uh, in like the two thousands and okay. like next to resident evil and, uh, like all the, uh, like just looking for all the, the classic games that were around at the time. Silent Hill was among them. And I, I've played all of the, like all four of the, the main team silent silent Hill games. Um, but none of like the newer, I think it's like American and British made Silent Hill games after Konami split up Team Silent. Or I think it's after four. Basically, like right. none of the original people were working on it anymore. And and the kind of gamer consensus is that like those games that came after four might be okay, uh, but they just don't hold a candle to the kind of storytelling and atmosphere that those first four games had. And how about you, uh, gamer James? Did you play these back when we were wee lads? Um, let me see. No, I was more so Resident Evil. But yet again, like it, it was something that, like, I it, to me it was almost a folklore of video games, where like you, I, I never played it, but I heard about it, and it was like that creepy game that you know it was very interesting. Right. Sure. Okay. Well, I just wanted to. I guess set set the scene a little bit to know where we're coming at this from. Michael as a longtime fan, myself and James as uh, people. I guess it's fair to say knew these games existed, but we're not sort of there. Uh, I, 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 I knew the story very well, though. I don't know. Like I was along for the ride, but I didn't actually play the game. That's the thing. To me, it was like watching movies. Like yet again, I don't. I think this is a game that you don't have to play for it to actually be like a good game. Between the three of us, then we kind of cover that spectrum. So I think this should be interesting. Uh, well, without further ado, Michael, why don't you uh, give our little warning? There are spoilers ahead. And if you don't want to know your plot beats or characters, your user experience, the buzz of the biz, and of course the mechanics, then you better go play the game yourself. Though this one's kind of a challenge, and I, I want to kind of mention that right up uh, off the top. If you haven't played it and you don't want it spoiled, it's a bit of a challenge to get a copy unless you have a PlayStation 2. Uh, or a PlayStation 3 with the remastered version, which I'd advise against. This game is out of print. This one is a hard one to find. So used is really your only option. Let's get right into the suite. Michael, I'm thinking, why don't you just get us started here as the fan, as the resident fan? Okay, so the things that are great about Silent Hill 2. This game is very often like listed on top of like best games of all time lists or like best games on the PlayStation two lists. Um, it is definitely not a stranger to being popular and well-received. Um, and there's a lot of things we'll probably talk about that millions of other people have also expressed, um, with regard to this game. But, uh, I, I think the first and foremost thing about this game to me, um, that makes it stand out, is like it takes place in Silent Hill, but uh, it is a little bit uh, separated from the other games narratively. Yeah, um, I always felt that Silent Hill Two had kind of a place above Silent Hill One, Three, and Four for me, in that um, this particular story kind of foregoes the typical supernatural or occult plot threads that the other games follow. The story in Silent Hill 2 really comes off as standalone compared to the rest of the series because it is about the main character James coming to town searching for his wife. But in the end, you don't find there's some kind of conspiracy for a cult to bring forth uh, Satan himself or something in order to to rain terror on the world. Um, It's a little bit more personal. And, and more of a redemption story for that character. Um, 
or retribution depending on what your ending is silent hill 2 is like really personal uh because it kind of forms around the characters including yourself and the characters you meet in the course of the game and presents itself differently to those characters within the game um so it's more psychological and Definitely more like, I guess Jacob's Ladder was a huge uh, inspiration for this particular narrative um, where it's a lot of people going through like their own personal hell, so to speak. Like everything really falls from that. So that combined with the atmosphere, the monster design, um, it's all based on this central idea uh, or this central uh, plot device that James is coming to town and... Everything that he sees is his own personal demons. One of the first things that occurred to me as I was playing it was there's like an awful lot going on under the surface and it really does feel ahead of its time in a lot of ways uh, uh, narratively. Uh, sort of all this stuff you're describing right now, there's a lot of like uh, metaphor in the game and the story is never made completely clear or transparent well parts of it are for sure but there's a lot to sort of glean your own meaning from if that makes sense in this uh and i think that's to the game's benefit uh it definitely i think horror especially benefits when everything is not explained super crystal clear my, my favorite thing is like it looks a lot of like liminal spaces or just they, they just have spots where a lot of things happen in just like a, an alleyway or like on your way from like one room to another or there's like spots in it where you can kind of just like hang out and like look around if you're lucky and there's no and the radio is not going off. Uh, but for the most part, it, it's I don't know. It's like one of the first ones to. I also think it's because it came out like right near the end of the PlayStation Two era. Mm -hmm. It it was able to kind of really utilize the aesthetics and like make these beautiful like simple gas stations and uh, just hotel rooms. Sorry, give me a second. Hey, is someone doing a donuts outside your place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then they set off the car alarms. And then it goes <laughs> off for a while. Cool, very cool. And then it becomes Silent Hill, which is weird because, by the way, I also enjoyed that most of the game doesn't take place in what we think of as, like, evil Silent Hill. Like, most of the game takes place in just normal Silent Hill. Yeah, so explain that real quick. There are essentially, like, two different worlds uh, when you play a Silent Hill game, and one of those is a seemingly normal town that appears to be abandoned but is shrouded by a thick fog all of the time. Um, and that is, like, you know, you're just kind of wandering into town, uh, and that's just how it, how it looks. Um, however, when you stay too long... Eventually, you might hear a siren in the distance, like an emergency siren of sorts. And then things get really dark and also very rusty. And this is the the other world, the kind of um, the other dimension that is more hellish that uh, a lot of characters find themselves in after traversing through uh, like the school or the hospital or different locations. And there are much more aggressive enemies, monsters in those areas, as well as um, just very like disturbing imagery. The other world is like the upside down uh, for Silent Hill. Right. And so what you're saying, uh, Gamer James, is most of this game does not take place there. Yeah, most of it takes place like inside of the normal realm, the overworld. Right. Yeah, so there's like the overworld and the underworld. I guess is the easy way like video games kind of turn it. Sure. You have like the place, you know, where it's the overworld, things are kind of good. But in Silent Hill, it doesn't matter because there's going to be monsters around wherever you go. I think this is also what we're talking about this week. Uh, the audio, just in general, like big old bold letters, audio in Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic but it's literally the best thing about that game like there are scenes where you don't see anything and you just hear monsters coming and you have to yeah. like hide because of it right yeah the sound design um from music to sound effects and their utilization in this game is superb um akira yamaoka uh just absolutely legendary in the sound space uh for gaming because of it mm. uh, of his work on this game and all the other team silent silent hill games uh to the point where like if if akira is not working on a silent hill game and somebody else is it's almost like a like a blasphemy um but that guy's like 
technical skill and creating really moody atmospheres to very scary soundscapes. Just impeccable, phenomenally good work. Yeah, this game is uh, super, super atmospheric and I think pretty cinematic, uh, which I think is actually one of the things that has maybe aged best about it. Honestly, watching it, I, I feel like it's inspired the, and like it's so much more, con- like you can do this nowadays. And mm-hmm. if you want to go down a rabbit hole, just look up like Gary's mod, uh, Liminal Spaces mods or like uh, Empty Rooms or Comfy Scary mods and it's basically a lot of just things like silent hill areas that are empty but kind of like the sides of roads or like hallways you hear things in the distance but you don't really know if they're there it's kind of funny that you take something from a a game of this era uh an empty city and you know, it, it seems like that would be kind of commonplace for any game that has even like the the, the, the slightest remote possibility of being open world, um, and you just somehow made it one of the scariest locations of a horror game ever. But like thinking about like like uh, Superman sixty four had empty cities, right, and, <laughs> and a hell of a lot of fog. Now everything is different, but um, they they used. Sp- like those liminal spaces in such interesting ways. There's a boss fight that happens on the top of a staircase. Um, that's the first time you fight Pyramid Head in this game. And um, it's just like everything everything about it is just like really eerie. And the last time I played this game, a surprisingly difficult fight for how like, I mean, blocky the controls are uh, for both you and Pyramid Head. Um, like nobody moves with relative ease in this game. Everybody kind of no, suffers the controls, clunky. so to speak. <laughs> it adds to that atmosphere, I think. A lot of people give this game a pass with combat, saying, well, James and all the other characters of the series don't have any sort of combat experience. And I don't really see that as an important argument. Um, I, I feel like the the combat being a little cheesy in the game um, just makes it scarier by default. If you could just easily whip through things, it wouldn't be that frightening. So, um, you know, having a bit of a handicap is fine, but then also you, everything else looks like it has a bit of a handicap as well, as far as, uh, traversing the, the landscape. That's actually just how people move in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> they don't but, move uh, to get close enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it is interesting to see like, okay, these monsters are also like bumbling around blindly and um they're 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 slowly chasing after me there's nothing about them like you can run past everything in this game pyramid head is still very scary by the way uh i was actually pleasantly surprised at how creepy that guy was but now i am kind of wondering how come they didn't put james into dead by daylight video game james not gamer james because no one likes james (laughs) no no one likes james that's it (laughs) James is James is a shit. Like he, it doesn't matter how you put it. In the end, what he did was wrong. Okay. Oh sure. Okay. All right. Well, that may be why. But I mean, it's not like Dead by Daylight is any. It's a it's a horror game. <laughs> like I don't most think they would. Ki- yeah. most, no, I mean the survivors are mostly good characters, mostly good people, or quote unquote good, whatever you consider good to be. Yeah, I guess you're right. They're like the protagonists of the. Yeah. Trust me, James is like an. A lot of people were really like one of the reasons I think the game is considered to be so great is because of how controversial that ending is. And the the, the question of like, oh, shit, I played as this asshole right. the entire fucking time. <laughs> what if uh, what if they had added James as a killer and his like when yeah. you played the item that let you kill survivors by your own hand, his move was smothering him with a pillow. Holy crap. (laughs) For for those who pressed on and have no context, um, James is is brought to Silent Hill because he receives a letter from his his, his wife, Mary, who is presumably dead. Uh, So he goes to investigate, but all he finds is that he suppressed the memory of being the person who murdered her uh, while she was bedridden with probably cancer. Um so I guess yeah, going to die anyway, but like mm, kind of a kind of a bad move there, buddy. Um, and rightfully so, he kind of he kind of like really really struggles with that once he learns that he just like cannot believe it, and then eventually has to learn how to accept it. Um, well, and, and it depends on your the, ending. Well, the, the the what 
the ending definitely brings up what happens next like what happens to james after he goes through this experience because the entire time in silent hill for this game to me kind of feels like james is in purgatory with these other characters who have done uh you know very like not good things yeah um yeah and uh i guess there's like an opportunity to leave and have a normal life for them depending on your ending um but then there's also other ways that this story ends real quick the four endings are uh james drives into a lake and kills himself james leaves with a young child named laura and uh, i guess i guess raises her um james leaves with maria the lady he encounters in the city who looks like his dead wife on their way out she kind of gets a little cough that sounds suspiciously just like the cough that mary had in her final years she goes cancer (laughs) yeah um and then uh i think i described three endings the fourth one is is probably uh really there's one where you have to find a lot of items and, and do certain things um that requires a little bit more knowledge of the game definitely not one that you get on your first playthrough but i think it's where james tries to bring mary back to life using the occult magic that is known from like silent hill one um, and That's then there's really, also the joke endings. I don't know I if, say, if are you, we not going to talk about you, the doggy ending. Yeah, I was wondering if either of you had had known about uh, the two fun endings. There's one where knows that the I, game think, is I think you a either dog. summon a UFO, <laughs> and there's also one where James stumbles on this secret room with all these controls and television screens it and finds out that a, a little dog has been behind it the entire time. Yeah, that's the canon one actually. That's yes. one, yeah. I I personally believe that the canon ending, at least for me, is the one where James drives into the lake, um, and uh, that that's his response to finding out what he's done and dealing with it. That's fucked. Yeah, that probably sounds about right. It's it's yeah, pretty it's pretty fucked, but it's like the kind of bleak ending I'd expect from a psychological horror film. Right. And and this not that this game is not extremely bleak. <laughs> yeah, no, Silent Hill, Hill kind of has like not happy unhappy endings for people so like my favorite ending is one where he ends up with laura and like they they actually are walking off past the cemetery kind of back into the real world and now he has to take care of this girl that mary was kind of promising to take care of yeah yeah laura is really the only good character in this game Um, as far as 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 far as like if you're looking at the moral compass laura is like a good kid even if she's like a little bit of a brat at the beginning because she's in a town all by herself for some reason and she doesn't see the monsters or the crazy stuff going on she's yeah, like she implied to be like innocent right mm-hmm. yeah. um i i'm trying uh, one moment there's a character uh, is it abigail or i forget her name but i think it's abigail um because i want to talk about her when you said staircases i'm pretty like i'm pretty sure she's just walking to heaven in the end yeah i, I want to look up real quick who this character's name is so i get it right um was oh, it trench they, trench coat Bob? Angela. It's Angela. Oh, I was um, thinking of someone else. So uh back into the episode. Never left. One of the other well, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fun. <laughs> one of the moments I thought was incredibly good, and it like it, it was a defining moment of the game for me. Um, because like there's a lot of stuff there that you know, you, you kind of like see, oh, yeah, Pyramid Head re- resembles James in some way, and a lot of the monsters resemble his urges or his his you know desires or or stuff. some kind of like psychological psychological thing that is like ter- uh, uh, terrorizing his his mind and his emotions. Where, uh, but you also encounter other people in this city. There are two characters you meet: one named Angela and one named Eddie. And Angela's story I find intriguing because. She, she seems to have dealt with some kind of abuse from her father as her backstory and her reaction to that or and, and, and the actions that she take was prob- probably lashing out um, with some kind of violence and, and physical harm to protect herself. She has struggles with regard to that. Um, however, there's a moment where James encounters her on a staircase in the hotel, the, the final area of the game. And throughout the entire game, encountering her in different places, she's always kind of like ridden the line between like suicidal ideation and really struggling with herself. And um, and James has kind of like been kind of a guiding light and trying to help her along. Then on the staircase, it just like the whole 
setting changes and you've been in this hotel which has been like just dripping with water but when you enter this room with her in it it is ablaze with fire just you, you don't even understand how so either of you are like breathing because it's just incredibly hot and it's always James like is concerned for, for Angela <laughs> because they're in a, a staircase that's on fire. You know, naturally, that's that's like, okay, we should probably get out of here. Angela kind of breaks down the barrier in asking, oh, you see it too. That's the, and, and, and James is really perplexed by this, but then she says that this is how it's always been for her. That like, and that really clued me in like the entire time that every time we've seen Angela, she's just been surrounded by flames and everything's been on fire for her. And and that's where like the the whole setting of Silent Hill being purgatory in a like a metaphoric sense really unlocked for me. It was like, "Oh, this is not like a physical city. This is some other plane of existence that these characters have found themselves into because they have either like actually died or somehow they are like spiritually struggling with their demons and this is the place where that occurs." Interesting. Do you disagree? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> for, for reasons I'll talk about in the sour. Um, I don't know what Wait, I think so about Silent Hill. Do you have an opinion on the like psychological aspects of the game? Because it's very, very... Okay, in my opinion, I think it's very well done in sense of what materials they had and the game mechanics they had. And also right. all the animations were very distinctly hand-done. Like, by, like, one of the main directors just to make sure that, like, they had the emotion that they originally wanted to have. But because of the time of stuff, I think it's smart how everything's sort of floaty, weighty, all that stuff because it feels like the dreamscape. It doesn't feel real. It Mm -hmm. feels like these conversations are kind of like when you're talking to somebody in a dream and, like, they aren't responding but you know they're listening to you and you're, it feels like your words are kind of just carrying off and like echoing and not really anything. Right. So in your opinion, did you think that's a – did you like that or was that not really something that like could – was entertaining or like – did you just find it boring? Yeah. I liked it but you know uh, overall, I, I just kind of had a hard time engaging with this one. Uh, And it's not all the game's fault. I would actually say most of it is not the game's fault. But like I said earlier, I think a lot of that kind of stuff that you're talking about, Gamer James, is really ahead of its time. And I think it's really cool. Konami would never make this game ever again now. Uh, And I think it's really cool that there's like a – there was this team of people who wanted to make something pretty elevated. You know, not that that we're only like – I, I don't want to imply that like, you know, video games have only ever now gotten good or like people take them seriously or whatever. But for like this game coming out in 2001, having all this stuff kind of going on under the surface and all this like thought put into it uh, is is cool. It's really, really cool. And like the specific uh, using tank controls as an example, I think, you know, that was a, a thing born out of technical necessity. It was just easier yeah. for them to do tank controls, but they integrated them in a way that added to the horror of the game uh the, the gameplay itself is is like one of those things that is kind of like hard to balance because i i feel like um when when you have a game and you just have a bunch of agency then uh it's 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 very easy to kind of feel like this is more of a power fantasy and designing a game that is supposed to be the antithesis of that uh becomes kind of a challenge i think for developers because you want to take away that agency in order to instill you know the terror the fear Mm -hmm. the the horror of the game uh but then also do it in a way where gamers aren't like well i wish i could control better or you kind of get what i'm saying there but um the complaints about like this game or resident evil having weird controls and silly combat um is is one of those things that I always think back to and um Resident Evil it makes way less sense because you're supposed to be playing as like experienced police officers and here you're playing as like a regular ass people so uh there is a whole different context and I really do wonder how do you make a game that takes away that power fantasy without building into that kind of you know complaint or is there a way that you can build that power fantasy 
and then take it away through external factors. Tank controls are never going to be a thing that like absolutely ruins a game for me, but I'm always going to prefer not to have them. And I just think we've moved past them. I think Capcom with the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes has pretty masterfully laid out a blueprint for modernizing these old school horror games. And I'd like to transition now into the sour because most of the things I'm going to say are just the case for why Konami should absolutely do that for Silent Hill. I agree. Resident Evil 2 remake definitely set the bar for what a horror game should be going forward. And like if if we had that same kind of detail put into Res- like a Silent Hill game uh, with uh, the quality atmosphere of Silent Hill game, uh, that would be incredible. All right, folks, welcome to the Sour. We talk about the things we didn't like or love so much about Silent Hill 2. I want to start by talking about something real quick that you had mentioned at the top, Mike. And also, I just want to say, in general, Konami is bad. We could do an entire episode on how Konami kind of sucks and uh, how they clearly are not that interested in making games anymore, it seems like. They would rather just make pachinko machines. But this game is really hard to play literally now. Uh, It has been delisted. Uh, Michael, you and I played it because you found... Uh, some lovely folks on the internet essentially remastered a, a port on BC where there's added uh, like like I don't know exactly what all it, it was kind of a pain to install, which is definitely a sour. And I don't blame the people who made this as much as I blame Konami for making us jump through all these hurdles just to play their game. But I know it kind of enhances some of the graphics. It makes it widescreen uh, and it looks pretty good, actually. Like, you know, you're definitely playing a PS2 era game, but it looks decent and it runs decent. And so I applaud the folks for doing that, but I just think it's a shame that they had to hit the nail right on the head with that because this game is not available to purchase on any platform today. And that is entirely Konami's fault. They could easily just have it available. And in fact, there is a PC port of Silent Hill 2 that, you know, works on machines in, you know, the year of our Lord 2021. Um, and like, Again, also, like, shout out to the people in the community who make these mods and spend their time improving the the assets for these games that have, they've, like, uh, aged well, but, like, gosh, the work they put into it does make it look incredible. Absolutely. Uh, even as a PS2 game. So, like, those people are just the absolute best. Saints, all of them. It would be nice to be able to purchase this game and play it. And, and with that, I think it would be reasonable to expect like, okay, you have, you have some integrated controller support and, um, just quality of life fixes that bring the game up to speed so that it's not such a hassle to install and play. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. And when you, when you said like, you know, if Konami wanted to make a new Silent Hill, I, 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 my, in my head, I was just racing like, no, no, don't, no, not, not Konami. Give it to anybody else, <laughs> yeah. but not Konami. I, I truly want to see the, the Hideo Kojima Silent Hills game like come to life right. somehow. You know what? I guess I should have mentioned I did play PT. So I've technically played that Silent Hill game. And, and like also shame on Konami for killing that so quickly. I mean, oh, it could have been. They're a toy company. They really are. Just trying to sell little toys to every single person who will give them money. They're a crap company, and that's <laughs> oh, my sure. opinion. Uh, it's brave of you to say. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also kind of baffled, though, because I, I, don't, I, I think it would just be in Konami's best interest to let another company make these games for them. Like, make a contract so it's like, fine, we still own the games, but sure, Capcom, you can make Silent Hill. Go for it. Well, and, and they've done that with other developers uh, for games like Homecoming um, and Shattered yeah. Memories. I was going to say, like, everything after 4, that's basically what they did. They just kind of shelled it out. Oh, okay. And, and there's there might be some, like, merit to this, but I, I kind of wonder if it is that original team. I mean, the team Silent Devs, um, they, they did those first four games, and... Um, Silent Hill Four is kind of the black sheep of that uh that quad of games, but um, that's it's the still, room, right? Yeah, it is the room. Um, yeah, it's weird because I thought apartment. this was actually going to be the room, and then when I started getting into it, I was like, "Oh wait, he's actually walking around outside." <laughs> so about twenty seconds after you fired it up and went outside, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the room. One. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> this room is really big and there are trees. I thought it's a Truman Show game. But um, I, I think there might be something to Team Silent being behind uh, these games because there, there, there is a magic that this group of developers brought to each and every one of those games that they built together mm-hmm. that I, I've, has kind of, kind of common gamer consensus hasn't been matched since they were uh, disbanded. So Konami's tried building other Silent Hill games with other developers and then just publishing them, but it just hasn't panned out the same way. And um, I think it was also probably a factor in their decision to go toward pachinko machines as a primary business model, exit the game industry and just make pachinko machines because Silent Hill hasn't been doing that well with our Western devs. I would truly love for someone else to be able to take a shot at it. And I was... Uh, on the edge of my seat when it looked like Kojima was going to be that person. They might be kind of trying to rebrand in a sense and more so going towards like kids game, pachinko games. Oh, that's absolutely what they're doing. And they don't want to be seen as like, yeah, this just creepy, weird video game company. Yeah, if you need a pachinko machine, Konami's got you covered. But if if you want a good video game, they don't know the first thing about that. Because it's no, you're completely right. It's weird that they're not like giving out to anyone or like trying to sell it. Because they might literally be just trying to hold on to it so that no one sees it again. Right. And that's the scary. Oh no! Part. And it's because their pachinko machines are like Silent Hill themed or whatever. So they need to keep that IP, you know, relevant. Um, and they need to keep they need to hold on to it because that's what moves their pachinko machines. Silent Hill. I I definitely think these companies uh, should have a obligation to preserve these games and and make them available for people to enjoy after the fact because again when you say we, obligation what do you mean I, I think they should be required to like have them on a platform even if it's like to purchase again so it's like just benefits them sure but like this is really a, a case for game preservation because i know people say that all the time and i think they're right to say that i don't think there's anything wrong with emulating an old game because again in this instance that was the only option we had unless I mean, I don't have a PS2. <laughs> I don't have Silent Hill 2. <laughs> so all I could do was emulate it. And even if you had a PS2 to go out and purchase a copy of Silent Hill 2 for it, you wouldn't be giving Konami any money in exactly. any sense. You would be purchasing it third party used. And, and that's like a thing that we, we've seen some companies try to combat. And I say combat because they, that's really what they've been doing. Right. Um, because they, you know, like uh, there was the whole thing with like the Xbox One not being able to like share games with other people. You'd have like games locked to your system, even if you bought it on disc. And how quickly those things roll back because people, you know, fight back against it. We got to push a little harder because I agree. I think that games preservation is an important thing. And there are multitudes of games like Silent Hill 2 that have a huge historic impact on the gaming as a whole even if i had the option to go out and buy a used ps2 and a used copy of it that will not be a possibility forever eventually we're going to run out of working playstation 2s i think it would be a minimal investment for konami to say hey uh blue point there's just a, a plethora of ps2 games that have gotten this treatment silent hill 2 needs this treatment as well Desperately. and it's konami just kind of being you know the the uh, the the kid who just wants to be like, no no pachinko and and do that <laughs> everyone instead. knows that kid and <laughs> everyone's got a pachinko kid in their life yeah yeah <laughs> yelling at you to drop those balls and you know what Michael if you don't know the pachinko kid you are the pachinko kid buddy ah shit <laughs> I mentioned earlier that there's a remastered version of this game for the PlayStation Three. And it has bundled with it uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3. Don't play that version. (laughs) I was Um, reading about that. Uh, Why? There's a controversy surrounding the remastered PlayStation 3 copy of Silent Hill 2 and 3. And that is, there's like, one hand, there's some weird legal issues with audio where uh, they redid the entire uh, recording of of the cast for the dialogue. And, um, I think the, I don't, I don't know if the soundtrack had any work done to it, but the, the cast was like the primary thing where I guess some cast members weren't either weren't, uh, messaged or did not sign off. But like, I, I know, I think Troy Baker did the voice of James in the remaster and it was, you know, a fine performance, but that original cast wasn't there. And that was an issue for some people who, who played the game. 
The original cast is so dull, though. It doesn't matter if they change it. The <laughs> other issue that was of controversy, I think, is far more important, is um, there are changes to graphics that, I mean, most notably is a huge reduction in fog. And in Silent Hill, that just That's doesn't weird. fly because the fog yeah. is half the game, not literally, yeah. but the, the fog it's really does portion. set up a huge chunk of that atmosphere that you experience. And a lot of the visual uh, flaws that you might find in a PlayStation 2 game uh, were really covered up by a clever use of that fog. Mm-hmm. So f- even with the remaster on the PlayStation 3, um, the reduction of fog and then some of the ways that these assets were made um, just did uh, did not work well on the PS3 and did not resonate with people. Um, and, and I think, if I remember correctly, uh, the dev team that worked on that remastered didn't even get complete builds of these games. They got like in progress builds from near the game's release, but not after the game's release. So Konami themselves didn't even have a proper handle on any of this. Gamer James, unless there's anything you want to add to this, I want to transition to the actual game now. Yeah, I agree with a lot of stuff. There's the fact that it's clunky, it's kind of, you know, outdated in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't need those tank controls anymore, but at the same time, some people might like incorporating them into newer games. I, I think like a lot of the aspects in this can be seen in like mo- more recent things that are being made by just like indie developers or mm-hmm. people who have their hands on things like uh, Unreal Engine and such who can just kind of like build towns and use texture maps that are kind of realistic because that's what they, they most of the textures and stuff that they use in the 3d models in silent hill 2 are i think picture maps so they basically like take a picture and they'll map that onto the material to make it seem like it's real, like actually from a place so like they'll have actual brick pictures on the bricks to make them seem like they have the texture of brick and uh back then there wasn't like much you could do to make it more realistic than just that and like kind of Uh, just set it up and render it Uh, and basically now the cheap version is what everyone can do on like these new platforms and they're easily able to I kind of was talking about it earlier but uh, I think that a lot of the aspects that you could look at Silent Hill 2 and say uh, there's no background scenes everything seems like it's it's small or uh, I, I, I don't know like that's my first interpretation when, when like looking at the areas but at the same time like those were the most utilized aspects of that engine at the time and like now people are remaking it so the the game to me doesn't really have a lot of sour to it, it, it the sour that kind of comes out of it comes back from like being utilized like it was at a point in time where they were in between games and they didn't have the canon already established. So they they could make mistakes and the mistakes really aren't that bad. Like you say it has this sort of weird like mystery to it, but at the same time, that mystery is just them not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> and they're more so just like putting characters into a world that they kind of already created and more so like stretching the world. And then when they get to the third one, they kind of then said, okay, here are the rules. There's actually like a girl who controls this and there's a deep whole demonic thing about it. And there's a reason why all this stuff is kind of powered the way it's powered. Uh, but in two, it was just very much so like how Mike's describing it, like, a, you know, it's a purgatory middle realm. You don't really know what's going on. The people who are in the world kind of create the stuff that's happening. Like Eddie keeps killing people. Where the fuck are these people coming from? <laughs> like, did you guys ask yourself that? Like, what the, f- where, why, there's no one else in this town. No, because I know where babies are made. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, yes, sure, full grown men popping out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I guess, like, you could say that this game is a little bit more than the sum of its parts. If, you know, with uh, all the, like, okay, what do we even do going on behind the scenes? Uh, which yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was plenty of with these games. I'm really just playing around with the system that they had. They were, they were being artistic. Like it's very, it's a, it feels like a right. piece of art in a sense. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. and that, that definitely makes the case for the preservation. There was there was one uh, I, um, little tidbit I want to share uh, as just a fun side. So that first monster you encounter in the game when you find the the radio and it goes 
berserk and you get the the little the piece of wood bash it on the head and kill it and then you you leave and you carry on with the game the game never brings you back to that spot but like a little, little fun thing is if you do choose to go back there later in the game you find uh, a crime scene tape and an outline of the body that you beat to death outlined in chalk oh shit yeah so there's like cool. a little bit of like a is what i'm seeing real it's like maybe you're killing people and you're just like imagining all this <laughs> i'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here because this is sort of uh all of my thoughts kind of rolled into one i need to come clean about something uh, i played this game for two hours and i got to the hospital and then i put it down and part of that was because like we were talking about at the beginning this game just takes a lot of time and patience and i think maybe i'm just not in the right headspace right now to play it uh, you were saying before we started james about like how like playing this game like as an assignment is definitely not the ideal way to play it playing yeah. it with the way we make the show and going like okay i have to beat it like within a week was just not like a good way for me to engage with it so i i don't fault the game for that i don't actually fault the game itself for like anything i'm about to say right now the other reason that i kind of bounced off is because i just think sadly this just hasn't aged that well uh like a lot of uh, relatively early 3D games. Uh, video games in general are kind of still in their infancy. And, uh, you know, it feels like 2D gaming got pretty close to mastered in the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis generation. But then, you know, the PlayStation 1, PS2, and Xbox, early Xboxes were kind of then figuring out 3D games. And uh, I, th I, I think you can make an argument we're still <laughs> figuring out 3D games. Um you know, I think we've moved past tank controls. And then I also just think, like, sadly, it, this game is not that scary anymore uh, because I think us modern horror gaming fans are eating really good. And again, wait, wait, though, you said you were you got you got scared by Pyramid. Yeah, Pyramid Head was, was scary for that first scene. But then, like, uh, the boss fight, I did not find particularly scary. And I did not find any of the other monster counters scary. Uh, I was just trying to be nice because we were in the suite. <laughs> uh, and uh you know and, and i just think sadly i missed the boat on this one not having like any sort of nostalgic attachment to this franchise uh so again that's not the game's fault did you find like a, was the audio at least like creepy kind of i guess i don't know i i didn't quite uh did you listen with headphones uh, i did not so and i also feel like too like i think perhaps the biggest sort of leap in technology that horror games can take advantage of now is lighting uh, again, look at like the Resident Evil mm. 2 remake. Like it looks terrifying. And a lot of that is isn't just because of better graphics or whatever, but it's like better 3D lighting, you know, and you can like play with light and shadow in a different way that they just couldn't do at this time. Uh it, so all this is to say I they just really need to remake these. <laughs> like there's so much going on here. There's so much good stuff going on here, uh, that it, it's a shame that a no future generations of gamers are ever going to like, could you imagine some young kid playing Fortnite and then trying to sit down and play this? And I'm not trying to like sound like an old man here, but it's just not going to happen. You know, uh, the, the new generations of up and coming gamers are not going to like get anything out of this. Well, you're, you're wrong in one sense. People will eventually always go back to something that is good. Like if, if this is a good game, if this is in a sense, like it, you know, if you if you if it's something that's good enough where people will want to stick through it and like just play it, like I mean, talk about Undertale. Like that's a game that is just such a simple, you know, it's basically nothing. All, all you do is you kind of like click around a few buttons on your keyboard, maybe three or four, and it's still considered one of the greatest games of all time. Well, because Undertale feels good to play. It's like fun to be in that space. This game does not really feel that good to play. Yeah, but at the same time, some people would disagree because of like the just like the the world you're in and the atmosphere and the, the way like i i don't think it's gonna like last as long as you know like it's it doesn't it doesn't even matter even if you make an hc quality it doesn't it's not gonna last that long it, it in a sense like the reason why people love it so much is because of the bad quality of it is because of the sour parts so i personally i don't i don't think like making an hc version of it is going to help i'm not saying an hd remaster i'm saying a full-on remake like literally just look at resident evil 2 and imagine playing silent hill 2 with that over the shoulder camera you're actually moving in that space like with james you're not as far removed as in this one where the camera's but relatively the static and stuff sure and the story's great so like yeah. all of that would still hold up that's what i'm saying like there's like clearly a lot of good stuff in here just and I, you know maybe, maybe this is the take that gets me like absolutely thrown out <laughs> with the garbage well no is that <laughs> are you basically saying change like heavily change the mechanics yes modernize it 
Okay. Well, the thing is, like, the cam the camera's not bad, though. I would take a remaster of Silent Hill 2 and 3 and, and 1. Um, and then I would take Silent Hills. A continuation, whether it be connected or not, but with, like, the modern-day sensibilities, because... I mean, I, I don't disagree. There's a, a level of uh, patience required to jump into this game in 2021. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to play Resident Evil 2 Remake, that's a completely different story. And those games use um, more standardized control schemes and, and, and designs that we're accustomed to today. Like, yeah, I would love to play this game with a little bit more quality of life uh, that these newer games provide. But then I, I'm also going to say with, with great urgency is that you should definitely sit down and play it again. And like you said, the, the format is a little bit challenging when, okay, we have to finish this within the week or you're, you, you feel the, the, the pressure of the clock behind you, just, you know, crushing you to try to finish this. Um, when it's, it's, it's not that kind of, it's, it's not that kind of game where, um, it really benefits from the slow burn and taking your time. Absolutely. And, and I want to, but James, like you mentioned, like the camera in this game is not that bad. You're right. The camera is not that bad, but the thing is the camera is the way it is Mm -hmm. to accommodate for tank controls. Cause that's how these early horror games worked. So if you, if you got rid of the tank controls and then redesign the camera, that was my point with that. I wish there was an in-between where you can get rid of tank controls but still have a camera in, like, the same angle. Like, I, you guys played – you were talking about Song of uh, Fear, right? Horror, and that game yeah. has a – Song of Horror, and that game has – does that have tank controls? Yes. It does. And it feels and it worse than this version. It has the weirdest <laughs> okay. version of tank controls, which are, like, they're, they're tied to the camera angle, not to the player's field of view. That's probably someone trying to do what I'm talking about, but it just didn't work, right? I think – the, what you're looking for is Resident Evil Remake, the, the very first remake um, from 2001, 2002. They keep like a camera angle, but you can still move the character around. Like it, it it's kind of like a, a like a like a panning angle sort of thing. It had fixed camera angles with pre-rendered graphics. One of the reasons why that game looks amazing yet today, even though it's like t- more 20 years old. Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, it had two versions of tank controls. One was um, the classic tank control uh, setup, but unlike Song of Horror, it's tied to your character's orientation. So left is left for your character always. Right is right for your character always, not tied to the camera's direction. Um, but then uh, they also had a uh, kind of updated control scheme where you could just like kind of run quickly and turn quickly with the with the joystick but then the d-pad on your controller has the classic tank controls as well so you can actually play the game both simultaneously amazing mm, okay <laughs> discussion about resident evil 1 remake real quick don't at me it really feels like a passion project in a sense or like each one of these really really feels like this group was merely using tank controls and whatever the hell they had like as a tool to make like this weird artistic endeavor going back to the the recent projects if you go like look at more indie development stuff it's similar feelings because it's inspired by and also they're doing the exact same thing that team silent did they're just utilizing the tools they have to really tell like these weird creepy stories and I, I don't think Konami will ever make anything like Silent Hill again. I think you're right. like Silent Hill is dead. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned like indie games because I was thinking about how we played the Haunted Demo Disc, Michael. And, you know, that is a, a collection of games that is designed to look and feel like it's running on the PlayStation 1, but mm. they're designed by current indie devs with like modern sensibilities. So it is – I mean you're right, James. It's just like a matter of uh, how – the medium has evolved and how the toolkits have evolved in which people can make games and what we expect to be in games now and, and what sort of expectations we're all bringing with us and how those games in the haunted demo disc felt like modern games. I don't know. I, I was just, yeah, I guess it's yeah. possible to do. I was just thinking about that while I was playing this retro game. Uh, and, yeah. and again, all this stuff, like I don't blame silent Hill for this. Like I don't want, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm like really, down on Silent Hill 2 because I did enjoy my time with it. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and so much of this is just, it's hard to review a retro game. You know what I mean? Like, you how do you, go back how do you, to it at some point when you have the time? I think you're right. And I think I would like to, but like, you know, how do you look at a retro game? <laughs> like with with modern sensibilities and without i think you can contextualize it which i i've tried to do i think i mean i think mm-hmm. we've all been doing it but that's sort of where i was at when i was thinking about my thoughts on this game was thinking where it fell like i guess in the video game canon but you know it's hard to be obje- uh, totally subjective when like we have games now that run like relatively buttery smooth, you know, like I would play this game. And then when I was kind of done playing Silent Hill too, but wanted to play a game, I would hop into around a split gate, which is about as opposite an experience <laughs> as you can get. Right. <laughs> I definitely think it's one of those games that you need to sit down and, and like really dedicate some time to like, if, if you play in the right environment with your lights off, your headphones on, um, this is a good game for that because it's just there's so much great atmosphere for it. Everything about it is a slow burn, and you know that works really great for some people, but not everybody. Um, and, and and so with that, the horror is designed around that. There there are a lot of instances where uh, it really is about that like creeping feeling on the back of your neck more than it is about putting things directly in front of you to scare you. Mm-hmm when you do really get a chance to sit down and play it and, and kind of immerse yourself in that atmosphere, it, it takes a hold of you. Unlike any other game that I can think of, um, that, that boasts it, its atmosphere like this one does. I, I think the worst parts about it, if, if I were to look at it, just gameplay and, and nothing behind the scenes, it, it definitely has a long campaign or a long story and there there are some moments where I feel like it's probably easy to lose interest because an area goes on for a while. And one of the classic issues with horror games of this type, they all in- include backtracking to some, to some degree. And later on in the game, there I think the most backtracking occurs in the final section of the game, the hotel. The other thing is, it's kind of easy to get lost in Silent Hill. You do get a map and... It does give you a direction right off the bat. You find some blood on the ground and, well, shoot, got to follow that, see what's up with that, right? Huh? Mm, sounds like a, <laughs> the best decision any character has ever made in a horror franchise. Sometimes it might be difficult to find your way, and that might be the developer's intention. There just isn't a whole lot that goes on in those streets that makes getting lost feel like an adventure in of itself. Silent Hill is pretty empty and you can explore a, a large chunk of it even though there's nothing there. I imagine with more time and resources this town could be a little bit more detailed and that is something that I honestly think would be very cool for a modern iteration of this game. One other thing I should come clean on just because I, sh- I feel like I should own up where it's due on, on like sort of user error issues. I also did put this game on easy uh, just because to try to get through it. And I, you know, you know, no disrespect to people who play on easy, but I did find for me that also took a huge amount of scare out of it because no combat encounter was hard. <laughs> uh, I was I, I had a gun obviously but I was basically using the wooden board for everything <laughs> even once I found the iron pipe I had no reason to change my weapon I mean you're just doing it on speedrun mode that, yeah I guess <laughs> and, and that was just I, I, to be fair that's on me uh, I, I think when I do revisit this game I'm just going to restart it uh, I'm not going to continue with the save this game is easy easy on normal or on, on, on easy sorry uh, however it might be easy on normal too it might be worth playing on hard. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll probably I'm gonna try normal. I'm not. I'm not usually as much of I'm a thrill talk chaser. You in, I mean, no, the game gonna, doesn't gonna, really I'm get gonna, hard I'm, until later on. Once I'm you get to talk you into a challenge. No, you're not. <laughs> I do not have half the patience you have, friend. <laughs> There's just no way. Uh, let's move on to the sauce. <laughs> Folks, welcome to the sauce, where we give the game our final score. What are we? Uh, what's What's our measurement? Uh, letters from Mary, of course. Okay. So, James, you're our guest. Gamer James, sorry. I, I don't want to confuse anyone. Please, uh, thank you. Why don't you go first? Okay, let's see. Oh, my God. How many letters are we out here? Oh, yeah. like... <laughs> Honestly, 8.2. Yeah. 8.2 letters. Don't ask how point two's there. It's kind of strange. 
<laughs> just like some scraps of paper. <laughs> <laughs> just the edge of a letter cut in half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mary only got through like the first two sentences of that point two letter. So the rest of us is a blank sheet. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough to say that's yeah, good. It's good. But I mean, you know, it's dated. There's a lot of aspects of it that kind of don't hold up over time but at the same time like that's what makes it itself i don't know it's 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 in itself a good thing like it's a really in my opinion it's a really good game but it's a good game in a sense you don't have to even play it for it to be good you can watch your friend play it and still like enjoy the experience together this is and that's kind of something that a lot of old games sort of have where like in the past not everybody had the same game. This is this is translated to like Twitch games now, where if you didn't have the game, you can sit down with your friend, and watch them play it, and enjoy the experience of like kind of being in this strange world and, and, and environment together. Right. But it's still clunky and hard to play, so it's not really gonna get past eight point five in my book. Yeah, you know what? This does feel like a pretty perfect like sleepover game, huh? Right? Like you're oh, at your friend's yeah. house, you're up all night, like they're you're watching them play Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like can I play yeah after I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you trade off the controller. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I did that in college once, and, and my first experience with Shadow of the Colossus is exactly what James described. I was, you know, hanging out with a friend and they just played through the whole damn thing in one sitting and I was there for the ride. It was great. Absolutely. Right? Uh, you you and I have done that with a few games, Michael. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this game seven and a half out of ten letters from Mary. It's good. It's a good game. I'm going to give this game a ten out of ten letters from Mary. Wow. And wow. and I, I said at the top. <laughs> said it as his favorite. This is one of my favorite games uh, of all time. And... um. It was one that like grabbed me very early on when I got a PS2 and I ended up picking up this game. Um, it was just uh, just enthralling. I loved it. Um, it is a very good horror game. The story is quite good. And uh, and I, I really do struggle to think of a large number of games. I mean, there's a few, but like I, I struggle to think of a lot of games that really come close to this one and in terms of narrative. Like, it, it just really knocked it out of the park. The music is superb. The sound is superb. Um, this is a game that needs to be preserved and really deserves a, uh, a modern re-release. This game will just forever be in my memories as one of those really amazing games. And um, like every time I pick up and play it, I don't think there's anything that can stop me from reaching the end of that experience. Yeah, it's good you guys you guys end it with Mike, you know, comparatively to like having it end with Roman saying a seven point five. Right, just totally taking the wind out of the sails of the episode. That would be stupid. Totally a five before I (laughs) made my piece. Yeah. Uh, it was a seven actually. (laughs) 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 On my notes I wrote seven. I think I'll bump it up. Eight would have made me seem like too much of a copycat of James. Gamer James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to like copycat cats. James, but copycatting Gamer James is okay, hey. even though it's plagiarism, but at least he didn't murder a person. <laughs> well, Gamer James is a character of our creation, so I think I'm allowed to copy him. He's my IP. Yeah. He's our IP. Um, <laughs> you hear that, that, James? How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, I think Roman has good control of my IP. Yeah. Okay, I so this isn't going to turn like Ex Machina or R. every R. other, like, <laughs> I, I created this thing and it's going to revolt against me story. <laughs> oh, that's just how life works. Have you seen the Greek legends? Every single child uh, revolts against their parent. Life. <laughs> All right, cool. You got anything you want to plug? No, not really. I mean, you know what? There's. Uh, give me a second. It's a good. There's a good show that everyone should watch right now. <laughs> is it Squid Game? What the fuck it's, is Squid uh, Game? It's a thing on Netflix. Man, everyone is into Squid Game. I think it's. Squid it sounds like it's Battle Royale. It's Battle Royale. Is, yeah. is, is Squid Game? Did you stop the fucking, taking my words. Is, is Squid Game a, a an adaptation of Splatoon for yeah, the big screen? Yeah, they made the Splatoon show. Oh, yeah, they made Splatoon, the Splatoon show. Yeah. Really There's a bunch sad. of sickos playing in paint. Oh. So yeah, watch Squid Game. Good show. Is that it for real? Is that what you were gonna? <laughs> nah, it wasn't. But that's good enough. We'll go with well, that. Uh, watch Battle Royale. Well, yeah, watch watch Battle Royale, and then watch Hunger Games, and then watch Squid Game, and then understand that Japanese Hunger Games are better than American. Or well, 
just Asian Hunger Games are better than Amer- than Western. And you Hunger don't Games. have to watch the Silent Hill movie because, eh. I kind of want to, actually. I was looking it up. Maybe that'll um, be our quid pro quo. <laughs> our squid pro quo? Squid pro quo. <laughs> but do watch the four-hour Silent Hill 2 game movie on YouTube streamed by uh, the Horror Network. It's really good. Not like no joke. It's it's just sitting there and watch it. Like maybe you don't want to sit for the full four hours or five hours, but if you want to skip around, oh, you don't think someone would want to do that? Hey, I mean, I had the patience, and I don't have any patience. So maybe that's a full Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you sat for that, right? I, hell yeah, I sat on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, so you might actually watch that. You might actually enjoy it. One time I watched a four and a half hour Twin Peaks Explained, parentheses, no, actually, parentheses video, and I don't recommend it. You actually watched it? I all? watched that exact same video. I did. Oh, man. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say you have infinite more patience than me. <laughs> I There's recommend it. There's a 30-minute addendum video to that as well that I also watched, and I was like, <sighs> you, oh, okay. Oh, you watched the director's cut. Sick. <laughs> yeah, but, I just want to also put, put, put in the weeds, put in the weeds the fact that uh, we did not watch Fuller House, so we don't have patience for that, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's turn it right back on you, Roman. You watch two seasons of Fuller House as a joke, and then you're the Fuller House guy. Everyone calls yeah, you the much. Fuller House guy. <laughs> Just full of it. Fine. Yeah, totally full of it. Making making fun of me for watching the YouTube video. I, I didn't see. make fun of you. I just said <laughs> you did it. <laughs> well, oh, uh, James, thanks so much for coming on. It's always fun to have you. It's always fun to be here. I love you guys. And I'm going to go. Uh, I actually just started season three of Fuller House, so I'm going to get on that. So I'll talk <laughs> oh, yeah. to you both later. How are we going to wrap this? We're still recording, right? We just did. Oh, shit. give this game seven and a half out of ten letters from mary it's good it's a good game michael probably should have gone last <laughs> how do you follow that up well with editing of course yeah right you cut here cut there swap done check this out check this out watch this you're about to watch a professional at work michael why don't you bring us home boom there it is. There you go. That's all that's all you needed to do for some like like proper manipulation.